was a loud clanging sound and sparks flew. The blade penetrated deep into the stone floor and Shillian, both hands gripping the sword, bowed his head and rested his forehead on the hilt. His teeth gritted so hard that they might grind into powder in his mouth. Chirong shouted and laughed out loud. Useless trash. What useless trash? I knew you wouldn't dare to kill me. No matter how much I ridicule you, no matter how I drag you through the mud, as long as I have a knife to someone else's throat, you can't do anything to me. You useless coward, for what do you need to live for? A god like you. However, Shilin had already completely calmed down. He looked up, his eyes cold. Don't be too happy too soon. I can't do anything to you, but there will naturally be someone who can. Chirang humped. Are you thinking of hugging Jun Wu's legs to beg him to help you out again? Dream on. Did he care back then? Hmm? And you still shamelessly follow his lead? Are you really that stupid? Shilin peeled that stately and glamorous, God-pleasing costume set off of Chirong. He then called for Thruya, bound him, and threw him aside. You better keep your mouth shut, Shilin told him. I'm not afraid of you. You've got nothing on me, Chirong retorted. Then, are you afraid of Hua Chang? Shilin said. Chirong's smile froze for an instant, and in that instant, Shilin said lightly. Just to give you a heads up. If one of these days I get into a bad mood, maybe I just might hand you over to Hua Chang and have him think of a way to deal with you. So watch yourself, you hear me? Hearing this, Chirong couldn't laugh anymore. He said, terrified. What the f***? You're vicious. I can't believe you'd come up with something like that. Why not just hand me over to Lang Chen Cho? Shilin knelt on the ground and used his hands to pick up small, coarse granules from under the coffin, one by one. Truthfully, he wouldn't be handing Chirong to the heavenly court for the time being. The reason was because of Lang Chen Cho. If he handed Chirong over and Lang Chen Cho learned of Chirong's whereabouts, he would charge immediately with his sword to kill him. Should he be killed? A headache. If he was killed, then what's next? Another headache. Thus, it wasn't wise to hand Chirong over to the heavenly court at the moment. All things considered, requesting Hua Chang's help seemed like a pretty good idea. But really, he was only using Hua Chang's name to scare Chirong a little. After all, he had already troubled Hua Chang too many times, and every time something happened, he'd think of Hua Chang first. It'd almost be like he was being overly familiar. Just using his name to scare Chirong made Shilian feel rather embarrassed. Chirong turned his head and spat some blood-laced spit in a different direction, and the child reached out pathetically to pat his forehead. Dad, are you okay? Does it hurt? He asked. Chirong seemed to really enjoy this game of father and son and responded derisively. My good son, daddy is okay. He laughed. The rims of Shelian's eyes were red as he picked up those granules and he placed them with the utmost care onto the god-pleasing costume. That child quietly crawled over 
and helped Shalian pick them up. Shalian saw those little hands and looked up at him, and the child said in a small voice, Gurga, won't you stop beating my dad up? Let us go. I won't steal from you again. Shalian's heart tightened. He forced the feeling away. What's your name, little one? he asked. My name is Guzi, the child replied. Shalian had finished collecting all the ashes and wrapped them in layers of that costume, tying it up neatly before placing the bundle within the coffin anew, closing the cover. He then slowly replied, Guzi, the one over there is not your dad, but someone else. Your dad has been possessed. He's currently a bad guy. The child couldn't comprehend what he had said and looked confused. Someone else? No, I recognize him. He's my dad. Chirong commented, Not bad, not bad. I've picked up a cheap son. What a great value. He laughed again. Shillian kicked him. Guzi was still young and had always lived dependent on his father, so he was quite attached to the body that Chirong had possessed, refusing to leave it alone. Shilin couldn't think of a way to take care of him for the moment. With the sword function on his back, he cut out solemnly toward the two coffins thrice. Then, with Chirong hanging from his left hand and Guzi under his right arm, he left Mount Tersang, returning speedily back to Puchi village. By the time they made it back, it was deep into the night. The doors to the Puchi shrine were wide open, clouds of incense rolling out. Upon the altar, the incense burner was filled to the brim with sticks of incense, and the table itself was covered with offerings. Shilin entered, swept a look, and grabbed two meat buns from the altar. He passed one to Guzi and rudely stuffed the other into Chirong's mouth. That boy was alive, after all, and until Shilin figured out how to pull out Chirong from that man, he still needed sustenance. Chirong spat out the meat bun and cursed at how bad it tasted, then yelled, as if a little worried. I say, you won't actually hand me over to Hua Chang, will you? Shilin sneered. Are you scared? he asked. He didn't have time for this nonsense. He turned around to rummage through his pickle jaws on the ground. Chirong was petulant. Me? Scared? You should be the one who's scared. As a heavenly official, you dare to get so chummy with the Supreme, you. As he talked, his eyes suddenly focused and locked onto something. Turns out, when Shilin bent down, something slipped out of the front of his robes. It was a crystal clear ring. That was what Chirong was staring at. Shilin didn't notice his gaze, but Chirong's face grew suspicious behind him. After a while, he spoke up. Cousin Crown Prince, What's that thing on your chest? Shilin was going to keep ignoring him, but what Chirong brought up was something he himself was curious about. He turned around, his finger hooking onto the thin silver chain. This, he said, do you know what it is? Bring it here, let me see, and I'll tell you. Chirong beckoned. But Shilin said, if you know, then say it. If you don't, then shut up. Chirong grumbled bitterly. You're always so nasty to people who are close to you. If you're so amazing, why don't you go show off how cool you are to outsiders? 
she then stuffed the silver chain back into the inner layers of his robe, pressing it against his skin and straightening it. If you're so amazing, keep talking, he said. Every word you say, I will keep count, and with every count, you'll be one step closer to Hua Chang's blade. Somehow, without him realizing, he'd gotten used to using Hua Chang's name. Chirong sneered, don't you use him to scare me. Maybe one of these days, you'll be the one dead under someone's blade. Don't you want to know what that is? I, who make part of the Four Supremes, shall tell you. That's a cursed accessory, an object of misfortune. Hurry and throw it out. I can't believe you'd keep it on you. Think you've been living for too long? Hearing this, Shilin straightened up instantly. Is that true? Duh, Chirong said. I'm telling you, whoever gave that to you, man or ghost, must not have good intentions. Oh, Shilin said and squatted down again. What do you mean, oh? Chirong cried. Shilin didn't bother turning to face him and said flatly, Oh, just means it must be a miracle for anyone to believe you. I choose to believe in the one who gave it to me. I've decided to keep wearing it on my person. Shilin had always been gentle and courteous to others, but to Chirong, he was exceptionally cold. Chirong was furious, cursing non-stop, and Shilin only pretended to have heard nothing. He realized that he couldn't find the pot that contained Banyue, no matter how much he looked, and thought, perhaps the windmaster already came by and took her away. As he listened to Chirong, he suddenly felt that something was off. Strange. Chirong was so obviously terrified of Hua Chang, so why was he trying to provoke him non-stop? As if as if he was intentionally trying to distract him. Realizing this, Shilin suddenly attacked. He whipped around to glare at Chirong, and sure enough, he saw his eyes avert for an instant, looking mighty suspicious. Shilin's gut instinct made him look up. He raised his head, and on the beams that weren't very high overhead, he saw a black, clothed man. The man had his back pressed against the ceiling, adhered above like a giant bat. Shilin immediately pulled out Feng Xin and hurled the sword up. That man was pressed onto the beam, and to dodge the attack, he flipped around and fell down. Guzi was so terrified, his meat bun fell to the ground, and he wailed. Just before Chirong could scream too, Roya sealed his mouth, dragged him to a corner, and bound him. Shilin had thought it was one of Chirong's planted lackeys at first, yet after a few quick parries, he noticed that this man was fast and aggressive, oddly familiar. He could say with absolute certainty that with Chirong's competence, he wouldn't have the power to subdue such a subject. Then he saw that there was something held in that man's other arm. Upon closer look, it was a black pot, and that pot was the very one that contained Banyue. The Windmaster hadn't taken Banyue away. Shilin instantly remembered who this was and blurted out, Little Pei. Turns out, Little Pei had come to steal Banyue away, but he unexpectedly bumped into Shirlian, who'd just returned, and could only hide above on the wooden beam. Because Chirong was bound by Ruya, lying on the ground, he immediately saw Pei Su hiding above. He didn't know who that was, and had only thought that if it was something harmful to Shirlian, 
it must be beneficial to him. He was afraid that Shirin would notice someone was lurking above, and purposely kept trying to distract him with noise. But who knew that Shirin would still notice? Shirin carried two cursed shackles, and Pesu was in exile. Neither of the two had spiritual power, so they could only fight bare-handed. Shirin had fought through his 800 years with nothing but his fists, so how could Pesu possibly compete? It didn't take many rounds before Shilian subdued him. Give back the pot, he cried. Shilian only shot at randomly. Yet unexpectedly, Pesu actually tossed the pickle pot back to him. Startled, Shilian thought, was General Pei Jr. really that easy? He'd return the pot just by being asked? Usually, wouldn't they have to push each other around for a bit longer? Yet, as Pesu tossed him the pot, he also said in a lower voice, hurry and go. By that tone, it sounded like he was quite anxious. That pot was still in mid-air and Shirin was reaching out to catch it when suddenly it changed course and flew out the window. The next second, they heard another man's voice coming from some distance away. You've really disappointed me. Pesu's face dropped. General, he and Shailen rushed out of the Puchi Shrine. Sure enough, standing far away on the roof of a house was Pei Ming. He wasn't wearing his armor, and his robes were casual. He was tall and slender, bright like the sun. The very image of carefree. That pot leisurely flew next to Pei Ming, then stopped, floating. With a hand relaxed on the hilt of his sword, he spoke to Pei Su, who was standing below. A man looks at the big picture and puts his career first. You're meant for great things, but what's going on? You'd mess yourself up for a little girl? Do you take yourself for an immature brat? Pei Su hung his head low and didn't speak. Pei Ming added, Did you think it was easy to obtain that position in just 200 years? I even paved the road for you. It's easy to go down, but it ain't easy coming back up. They say it's lonely at the top. However, when a god of heaven descended, they usually preferred finding high places to stand. The higher it was, the easier it would be to watch all that was below. Shirin used to have that bad habit. Of course, after he fell that one time, now, whenever he stood high up, he could feel his leg aching, and that bad habit went away. Yet the tallest building within Puchi village was the village head's house, and that house was a simple roof-tiled building. Having General Pei stand upon it really was doing him an injustice. However, that wasn't the point. The point was that with just a glance, Shilin knew what was going on. Last time, Pei Ming had the intent to push all the blame onto Banyue to clear Pei Su's name, and Shilin had stopped it. Although, in front of Junwu, Pei Ming appeared to have given up. He obviously hadn't abandoned the idea. This time, after Shilian's crummy business with the gilded banquet got out, he could barely take care of himself, and his reputation no doubt crashed. General Pei probably thought it was an opportune time to bring up old affairs, find Pei Su, and bring both him and Banyue back up to the heavenly court to appeal 
for a new trial. Truly relentless. However, Pesu didn't seem overly thrilled at the prospect and breathed a sigh. General, let's, let's just forget about this whole affair. You, Pei Ming shouted. He looked speechless and exasperated. He must have been too frustrated to lecture Pei Su in front of Shilian. A moment later, he suddenly said, Well, now I have to see just what kind of amazing girl could make all my hard work go down the drain. He reached out, seeming to want to shatter the pot. Such a way to open it shouldn't have been a problem. But the real problem was Shilian didn't know whether Banyue's wounds were healed. If not, and the pot shattered, it would be bad. Shilian's face dropped, and he leapt to charge. Don't break it, he shouted. Unexpectedly, before Pei Ming's hand even touched the thing, there was a loud bang, and the pot exploded by itself. In an instant, the air was filled with the smell of pickles, strong enough to make a man suffer a mental breakdown. Pei Ming, who stood closest to the pot, was unfortunately covered with pickles all over, entirely flabbergasted by that pickle shower. Immediately after, the clear, sonorous voice of a woman rang in mid-air. General Pei is such an honorable man. A white-robed individual flipped out of the small pot. At first, she was only the size of a fist, but the more she flipped, the bigger she became. She then looked closer and cried, Lord Windmaster. The one hidden in the pickle pot wasn't Banyue, but Shiching Xuan. She hid in the pot and blew a barrage of pickles at Pei Ming, but she herself was still all fluttering white robes, with not a spot of stain. She landed steadily, swung her whisk, and proclaimed, Thank goodness, thank goodness. Good thing I already sent the little lady to someone else beforehand. Otherwise, she wouldn't have escaped the long reach of General Pei. Pei Ming prided himself on his charm, and no matter what, he had to keep his composure. Yet now, he stank of pickles, and even in the face of Shiching Xuan in female form, he couldn't help but feel a little woeful. Ching Xuan, why do you have to fight against me like this? If it was anyone else, he probably would have beaten them to a pulp already. But just thinking of who Shi Ching Xuan's older brother was, he could only pick off the pickles, brush back his hair, and grit his teeth. He shook his head. You, you. You better not let me find out just where you sent the little girl. Otherwise, I will certainly pay her a personal visit. The tone of voice was clear. Whoever dared take Banyue in was opposing him, and he would seek trouble. However, Shi Qingxuan clapped. That's easy. It doesn't matter if I tell you where I sent her. I'd love to see you go visit. Listen well. That little girl is currently staying on Mount Yulong, in the cave right next to the Rainmaster's residence. You dare go? At her words, Pei Ming's face dropped, and actually didn't look as confident as he did before. He scored his expression and suddenly became serious. He said to the Windmaster, Ching Xuan, you're still young. That's why you like to fight for justice over every little thing. Hopefully, when you get older, you won't regret the things you're doing now. After that, he leapt off the roof and his figure disappeared. He actually left 
in quite a hurry. Shillian was feeling bewildered and thought that his words contained hidden meaning, so he asked, Lord Windmaster, what did he mean? Shi Qingxuan, however, replied nonchalantly, Nothing but empty threats. Pei Su watched Pei Ming's silhouette disappear before coming over to greet the other two. Lord Windmaster, Your Highness. Shi Qingxuan patted his shoulders. Little Pei, you need to come and stop your general this time. Very generous of you. Take good care of yourself down here and reflect properly. If there's a chance, I'll speak well of you in the heavenly court. Don't you worry. Pei Su was speechless for a moment, but still replied. Then, thank you, my lord. However, I still think you might have misunderstood something. General Pei isn't usually like this. And it was only because of what's happened previously that he was overly worried about me. Besides, you know too that the Rain Master... He trailed off. In the end, Pei Su still felt he spoke too much. He shook his head and curtsied his hands. Farewell. The two of them watched him leave, and Shilin spoke up again. Lord Windmaster, the Lord Rainmaster you spoke of earlier, was it Rainmaster Huang? Shi Qingxuan turned back around and replied, That's right. The Rainmaster hasn't changed in centuries. What, is it someone you know? An acquaintance? Shilin shook his head and said softly, Although I haven't had the honor to meet the Rainmaster, I owe a debt and am profoundly grateful. Shi Qingxuan smiled. That's true. Although there aren't many who are acquainted with the Rainmaster, those who are have never spoken a bad word. Oh, except Pei Ming. Is there a dispute between them? Shilin asked. Naturally, Shi Qingxuan said. Those who have hung around the upper court for long all have some sort of dispute or deceit. Let me tell you that Rainmaster is a shadow in Pei Ming's heart. A shadow? Shilin wondered. In his mind, he always thought the Rainmaster was just someone who ploughed fields. You know Pei Ming, Shi Qingxuan said. He's got plenty of descendants. His however many grandsons are everywhere. Before little Pei, there used to be another deputy general at the palace of Mingguan, and it was also a descendant who was first appointed and then ascended. Xilin was amazed. General Pei sure has many talented descendants. Not just anyone could turn ascension into a simple homeschool lesson. Shi Qingxuan flashed her fan open and said, He was indeed a talent, but he was more or less the same as Pei Ming. Powerful, but also full of bad habits. That deputy official would often stir up trouble in other people's domain, but he had Pei Ming behind him, so no one dared say much. Until one day, he messed around at the old residence in the kingdom of Yusha. The Lord Rainmaster rarely comes out and only plants fields deep in the mountains, so there's a nickname, Old Farmer of the Deep Mountains, Rainmaster Huang. But who knew that the moment the Rainmaster emerged, the descendant of Pei Ming was beaten to a pulp. He got dragged back to the heavens, thrown in front of the heavenly emperor, and got sentenced to exile. Why does this sound so familiar? Shilin thought. Shi Qingxuan continued. At first Pei Ming thought, why exile? Whatever, he could very well fish him back up 
in a hundred years, but how much can happen in the mortal realm in a century? Every year, new and impressive talents appear like flashes of light. Wave after wave, you can barely keep count. It took only ten years before all the devotees changed their idol. And after fifty years, that heavenly official was completely forgotten. After a hundred years, he could no longer be recalled. The young heavenly official with a once boundless future was thus wasted. It wasn't until little Pei came around that Pei Ming found another right hand that he liked. No wonder General Pei would do everything in his power to fish little Pei back up. So there was a precedent, and he was afraid that little Pei would go to waste too. Although his methods weren't quite right, Shilin mused inside. The human will, he said. Shi Qingxuan agreed. Yeah, staying too long in the mortal realm will always wear down one's spirit and will. The two nodded to themselves. The difference, however, was Shilin only nodded subconsciously, whereas Shi Qingxuan was intentionally nodding in an exaggerated manner. After nodding for a while, Shilin suddenly remembered an incredibly important individual. He called out, Lang Ying, that child. Too many things had happened all at once. The excitement was too great, and he had forgotten about the child. Shi Qingxuan piped up, Are you talking about the child you brought back from Paradise Manor? The Heavenly Emperor has seen him, and he's currently at my place. I'll bring him down for you when I get the chance. Shilin mentally noted, There's still Qirong and another child locked up inside Puchi Shrine. I can't have anyone else see them. So he replied, That'd be too much trouble. How about I go up instead? Shi Qingxuan nodded in delight. Same difference, she said. Coincidentally, it'll be the mid-autumn festival banquet soon. It's a once-a-year event. You shouldn't miss it. This year, my brother will come back too. I'll introduce you. Her tone was full of pride for her own elder brother, and Shilin couldn't help but smile, thinking, Mid-Autumn Festival Banquet, huh? Every year for the Mid-Autumn Festival, all of heaven would hold a banquet to celebrate and watch the people of the mortal realm as entertainment. Other than that, there was also a very important game played during the banquet, a sort of grand finale to the feast, called the Battle of the Lanterns. One blessing lantern couldn't be offered by just anyone. What the gods battled over during the mid-autumn festival banquet was the number of those blessing lanterns offered by their devotees that each heavenly official would receive from their main temple. Although you would hear on everyone's lips, it was only a game no need to take it seriously. We're just playing around. No need to mind. In reality, just how many really didn't care. The majority all secretly held their breath, hoping that this year their devotees would fight for them. If there really was one who didn't fight, it would only be Jun Wu, because obviously every year the great martial palace stood victorious and the lanterns even increased year after year. Thus, he was the only heavenly official who truly took this game for a game. As for the other heavenly officials, they didn't fight for first place, only for second. And even then, the competition 
was fierce. At the peak of the Palace of Shenna's prominence, it was also incomparably impressive, standing far ahead of the herd, alongside the great Marshal Palace, leaving all the other heavenly officials in their dust. Now, it would probably look quite sad. Shirin didn't even need to guess to know how many of those blessing lanterns he'd get. Definitely not a single one. Thank you.